Well, good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. If it's your first time here, we are excited to have you at One Seed Church. We've been here since January. We started church in this beautiful auditorium. How awesome is that? It's unusual, but things happen unusual when God is at work. God creates favor when we're trying to execute God's will, and he just put this auditorium in our lap, and it's just so awesome. And let's give it a round for our volunteers here. They set up today like that. We've got new people. People are feeling the vision. Let's give them a round of applause for everyone that you don't see that does all the legwork. There's a lot that goes on. It's awesome. The sun's out. It's just a joyous day. The joy of the Lord is in this place. It's, it's like summertime, and, and I can just pretend like when I was a kid and I got summertime off, and I can just pretend now, like, because I don't get it anymore, but I can pre pretend like when I did, when I go out with my friends and play baseball and do whatever, and just, you know, it was a joyous time. It was just, there was really no concern for anything because you had the whole summer off, and my joy wouldn't end until that Labor Day weekend when school was going to start again. Jeff, Jeffy went down in the pits when that would happen. But it, it makes me think of like, everybody, everybody went joyriding when they were a teenager. You know, you just kind of drive around. You're not really going anywhere. You're just joyriding. And my, uh, my version of that is when I was in high school, my best friend and I, we had this routine. I had my Nissan 1989, Nissan 240 SX, four speed, 2.4, liter, four-cylinder, but it had a 24 DOHC dual overhead cam, so it had a little pep to it, I thought, for my first car. And we'd go up to Steak and Shake, and we'd get the root beer, and we'd say, put a little vanilla in it. And they put some vanilla in the root beer, and then I'd get the Frisco Melt platter, and they put the tomato and the lettuce on the side, and you got the skinny fries. And maybe sometimes we're feeling extra joyful. we get some cheese on the side. It was just like that was life. And we went to Steak and Shake every single day during the summer, and even during the later part of this, the school year when we were getting ready to graduate, we're like, we'll just go during the week, even during school. And we'd then go just driving around. We'd, we'd listen to music, probably not the best music we listened to back then, but that, you know, that was then, this is now. And uh, we, would, we would just drive around Chesterfield. And you know, growing up in Chesterfield, uh, we, would, we would take roads we had never seen to see what it's about. And one time we're, we're driving down this road and we're, we're over, let's see, let's see, we're, we're in St. Charles County. But if you go down in Chesterfield Valley and then you go up like towards Baxter and Wild Horse Creek, anybody know that area at all? We would take Wild Horse Creek and it was like this new road we had never ventured down. And we're driving, okay, it's like nighttime and we see uh, aliens or lights through the trees and we're driving and we're like what is that it's just light after light after light through the trees and we're like oh my god it's aliens there's an alien runway there's no airport there's nothing well you know we were 17 and it was spirit of st louis airport we were looking down the cliff from wild horse creek and didn't know even obviously the geography of where we lived very well but that was part of our joyride, that was cool. And then we'd have a sleepover, and then we'd go to school the next day. We'd always sleep over someone's house, uh, his house, my house. We had our steak and shake, and we'd drive around in the 240 listening to that music. It was awesome. It was a joyride. It was joyful. There was really nothing to have fear over, or worry, or concern. We're just joyriding. 
But joy is a funny thing. It's hard to feel joy when the walls of life feel like they're crumbling all around you. When you become an adult, things change. When you get out of school, things change. Situations, circumstances, and the habit of our daily routine often drive down the level of joy we are willing to let in. If we only accepted, though, joy in our life when we felt it, we may never find it. We could be searching for something based on a certain happy, winning feeling that may not exist because we keep waiting for the unhappy things to quit happening first. Well, I'll be joyful when, then the list starts over, right? Am I ever gonna be joyful? Remember, everything in this life is temporary, including the trial or stressful circumstance you may be facing. Choosing to keep joy at the center of your life is essential in keeping you in a place of contentment and filled with purpose. It's scriptural. I'm gonna give you a really hard scripture today. It's, it's really hard. It's, it's so hard to remember. It's two words. It's two words. Even I could remember it without looking. We go to first Thessalonians chapter five verse, just kidding, I know what it is, 16. It's two words. It says, rejoice when you feel like it. No. Rejoice when the sun's out. No, it doesn't say that. Rejoice when everybody's being nice to you. No, it doesn't say that. It says, rejoice always. Did you guys see that? The light just went out when I shouted always. That was a little, always. Didn't come back. Hey, Michelle, will you pull fader number one up just a smidge? See if that, I don't want you guys to crash out there. That's dark. The devil's always trying to stop us here at One Seat Church. If it ain't someone crazy, it's, it's the lights. If it, ain't, if it isn't snow, it's, it's, it's a tornado. It's whatever, but nothing's going to stop us because we rejoice always. Well, yeah, on Sunday, but Monday comes, it's back to, eh, I hate my job. Those people are jerks and treat me at the home appreciate me. I'm never going to get my promotion. They don't give me my 3%. They just blah, 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 blah. Mondays, it's not joyful. It doesn't say rejoice on Sundays. It says rejoice always. Always. The title of my sermon is Joyride to the Sky. And this is not some uh, like, yeah, let's take a joyride to the sky, guys. It's not like that. It's like a joyride to the sky is your journey through life as you wait to get to heaven in the next part of eternity. It's not meant to be torture while you're here on earth. And does not mean you're going to feel joyful all times? No, it doesn't. But you can choose joy. See, joy is more than a feeling. It's a choice. It's a choice. And most times when you don't feel joy, you won't find joy because you're waiting to feel it first. But feelings are the evidence of something you decided in your heart first, not second. You don't get a feeling and go, oh, I like that feeling. Okay, I conclude that I agree with that feeling. It's my feelings are, are signals of what's happening already. And joy is more than a feeling. It's a choice. Thankfulness. I don't have nothing to be. Thankful for what? What should I be thankful for? 
I mean, I don't get appreciated. I go to church. No one says hi to me. I don't, I don't have a car that has good tires. My, my, my family tells me what to do. They treat me bad. Why should I be thankful? What's in it for me? My life's hard. I'll be thankful when good things start happening first. It's conditional. You know, like the way Jesus died for us, it's conditional. Not, it was unconditional. Rejoice always. Jesus died for us unconditional. His love is unconditional. Rejoice always. See, it's, there's no condition in either circumstance. You see how that works? He died no matter what. He died for you whether you want him or not. He loves you whether you love him or not. It's not if you love him, he'll love you. It's not if you feel joy, then be joyful. It's rejoice always in the storm, in the horrible situation. You choose it. But sometimes it's hard to feel thankful because you don't know what, what should I be thankful for. My willingness to express thanks is circumvented by all my problems. I call it the bubble. If you live in the bubble, the bubble is you and your problems, and you don't see the outside world because you're consumed by your bubble. Get outside the bubble. Pop the bubble. There is more than what's in your bubble. Life is too hard to be thankful. There is no room for joy in my life. My life is too detrimental. When I was a kid, I was the first kid in my neighborhood. I might have told this story before. It wouldn't surprise me. I was the first kid to get the Nintendo Entertainment System. Christmas 1985, Duck Hunt and Gyromite. For anybody who remembers, before they started putting in Super Mario Brothers, they put in Gyromite. And it had the robot, and it was the most boring thing ever. And by the next Christmas, they got rid of it. But I was the first one to get the Nintendo. That was a big upgrade from the Atari days. And so I was so excited, you know? I was so excited, and then I get it, and then, and then the guy where my, was just not good enough, and duck hunt, you know, shooting some ducks. It just wasn't good enough, and there I am losing my joy again. And that was kind of like my childhood. You can, you can ask my mother, Pam, that every Christmas I would want to exchange everything I got at the store and just keep recycling presents throughout the entire year until the list started again because I never really was grateful. I never found joy because I kept trying to fill the joy with things that really weren't bringing joy. It was a temporary high. When I became a man, I just bought bigger things. I'll buy a boat, that'll fix it. Ooh, I didn't think I had to pay for insurance. I gotta pay taxes. Oh, I gotta pay for that slip. Oh, I gotta buy that lift. I gotta clean that thing. Look at all that spider poop on that boat. I didn't know about all that. I just thought my boat would fix my problem. It did for like a couple days. We'll get a nice house. We'll take a nice trip. On and on and on and on and on. We throw out joy when the coolness and the newness wears off but it's not a feeling. You don't base your joy on a feeling because it will wear off. And if you base everything on feelings, your life's gonna be a mess. I feel joy at church, but again, on Monday, it's gone. I don't feel nothing. So what should I be thankful for? If God loved me, why would he let all this stuff happen to me? Well, maybe it's because you're looking at yourself in the mirror in a bubble instead of looking outside at others around you. Maybe. Your problems aren't as bad as you think. Maybe you don't understand what it is to be thankful, so you can't find joy because you're not choosing to look for joy. Because joy is more than the feeling, it's a choice. It turns into a habit. I remember <clears throat> we built a house about six years ago. 
house of our dreams. So, so, so great. It's awesome. And during construction, one of the siding guys, he was helping the main siding contractor that we hired. He's smoking. It's cool. Big guy, really nice guy. And I'm talking to the main contractor, and he goes, yeah, he's not going to be with us probably much longer. I said, oh, why? He says, oh, he's got throat cancer. And so my stomach sank because I was so consumed by my joyous life at the moment. And this was on the flip. This is not me lacking joy. I was full of joy. We were about to step into the next joyous season while another man was about to step into a very unjoyous season. And I remember thinking that just so many feet away from me, Here's a man whose life is falling apart, and here's my life, and we're just, and I just, all I had to do was look over there. I didn't even see him, didn't even know about it, because I was stuck in my bubble. And it can become a habit. You can just ignore everything and be happier, just pretend it's not there. Denial, that's what I used to do. Someone really upset me, I just avoid you, because I didn't really want to address what it was you did to me, I just avoid you and keep it buried. But the problem never went away. I never could find joy because I never would face it. It's a choice. It's a choice, and it becomes a habit when we teach ourselves that we never can have joy, that we're not worthy of it, we don't deserve it, and that others don't treat us good enough, that we should justify it. It can't grow if you stifle the roots. I got in this habit a few years back. Every night around 7 o'clock, we have four kids. It can make you crazy. I'm not going to lie. Every night around 7 is cranky daddy time. I, get in this, I got in this habit where right around 7, I become real sharp with my kids, real cranky. And I started noticing that it was every day I was starting to be like a cranky pants. That's putting it nicely to my, to my kids. And I would go to sleep and I wake up depressed. It's because I was training myself now to get used to how that felt. I was recognizing the feeling, and so I was driving my decisions based off my feeling, and my actions were based off my feelings, and that just created more depression, more problems. But joy is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's more than a feeling. The feeling is the result of the choice. You can lack joy because you think others don't like you. Maybe you got teased a lot when you were a kid. You don't think you're good enough. You'll never find it because you're validating your life based on what others think. And they don't even think that half the time. You're dwelling on things you can't control. It's like worry. Worry takes away your joy, and the devil wants you to worry. And the more he can get you to worry, the more he'll stop you from doing anything. And if you're not joyful, you won't be motivated. And if you're not motivated, you won't do anything for God. You'll just sit still and sit in your bubble and think about all the worry that wastes your time and your life anyway. And my pain is just too great to be thankful. Thankful for what? I'm in the storm. Why should I be joyful in the storm? But God tests you to see if you will choose joy in the storm. It's easy to choose joy when we're at the lake and the sun's out. Hey, barbecue on the, on the barbie, it's all good. Yeah, it's easy to be joyful. But can you be joyful when life sucks? Did I say that? Sorry, it just came out. Will you be joyful when life is not good? You have to choose it. 
It's a choice. So how do we keep joy when our life is in a storm? Well, it's easy. You pick up an IP phone. See, there's an IP phone. Anybody know what an IP phone is? It's an internet protocol. We're geeking out here. Internet protocol. Internet. Cloud. Anybody know what the internet is? Well, it's that thing on your phone. No. It's a server. It's like millions of servers. All It's Google, pretty much. It's dominating the world. The IP phone, see, see, an IP phone has no charge. It's free. There's no limit on your usage of the IP phone. You don't have to use the pay phone. You pick up the IP phone, and you connect through your computer, through the Internet, and it's free, and there's no limit. And the way you keep God at the center and you keep joy is you pick up the iPhone, the IP phone called prayer. If we go to verse 17, 16 said rejoice also always. 17 says pray without ceasing. Well, pray when you feel like it. No, no. Pray when it's nice out. No, pray when you feel like it. No, pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying for anything. If you need a prayer, that's your IP phone to Jesus. And Jesus doesn't have a limit on his, on his toll card. He'll give you as much, as much credit as you need. There's no limit. It's his God's IP phone. Prayer is how we keep him close. It's the communication channel to God. And when you keep yourself close to God, you can keep your joy in your life. But when you distance yourself from God, you don't ever talk to God. I'm guilty of it. I have a problem talking to God as good as I think I should in prayer. He feels distant. It's just like any relationship. How would your life be if you never talked to the people in your family? My wife has that look. You know that look. When you've been on your phone a little too much, it's only been five hours straight. Come on, honey. I didn't even look up, make eye contact. And she just starts getting a little cranky about everything. And what she's really saying is, you're not even talking to me. How do you expect my love and support to infiltrate your heart and be a part of your life if you won't even communicate with me? Because it's a communication. Pick up the phone. We do text each other. No, Jeff, pick up the phone and actually call me on the smartphone. Don't just text me. Look at me. How about a conversation in person? It's the same with God. It's a marriage. And if you don't ever communicate in the marriage, what's going to happen? Divorce, communication, it's the same with God. We are the bride. He is the bridegroom, and our prayer is the way we keep him close, and we keep communication. It's our IP phone with God, if you want to say it in a technical way, and that's how we keep joy at the center, even when it doesn't feel good. I, I feel like crying. I don't want to choose joy, but I will choose joy because God is there with me no matter what. You with me? Anybody ever felt that kind of pain? Everybody, anybody ever been in that kind of pain? I know some of you do some serious jobs. You see people dying. You see people struggling. And I bet you got to choose joy sometimes, and it's not easy because it's painful. I can't even imagine. But in the midst of the storm, we choose joy always. We rejoice always, no matter what. God is in the storm with us, and my prayer keeps him close. Pray without ceasing. It's free. You don't, you don't need no quarters. It's free. God feels distant. Pray. It don't have to be King James. Oh, the Lord, how we thanketh you, and we loveth you, and everything is like this. That's King James right there. It makes you sound highly intelligent, but it doesn't mean anything to God. He just wants you to talk to him. 
I was intimidated by my prayers for a long time because I didn't sound fancy enough. I thought, how stupid is that? This is God who loves me. I'm a baby to my Lord. He just wants me, hey, God, here's what's going on. I'm going to talk to him like I talk to anybody else with reverence, though, of course. That's how I do it. If you talk, if you pray in King James, that's awesome. To each his own is great. My dad, man, he, he's got some deep prayers, and you know, but that's the way he prays. But prayer is just talking to God. It's that simple. When God feels distant, pray. When joy, you're not feeling joy, choose it. And prayer will bring it to you, and then you'll start feeling it. Because when you draw the spirit near, the joy will come. Because you remember you feel him. The relationship has feeling again. Without prayer, you lose all the feeling. And when you lose the feeling in a relationship, it feels what? It feels dead without feelings. Get the candle burning again with your Lord, your God. We isolate ourselves from God and we don't pray. I know that when I've been a bad boy when I was growing up, I wouldn't pray because I felt so ashamed. How dare I talk to God after what I did on purpose. That's what the devil wants. He wants you to convict yourself so bad that you do nothing. That's what he wants. The roots of your relationship, though, grow stronger when you're consistent in prayer. You're building roots in the Lord. You're keeping joy in your darkest hour, and he is always right there, but he will feel distant. See, the feeling won't be there doesn't mean he's not there in your darkest hour, he's still there and he wants to talk with you about everything. He's omnipresent, he is always there. The spirit of the Lord is your strength. My prayer life, I'm just gonna throw it out there. This is, this is my prayer life. When I was a kid, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, blah, 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 I don't know. It was the beginning, it's how I learned to pray. When I grew up, I didn't pray enough. But I found myself talking to God constantly through the day, just like little things like, thank you, Jesus, I'm in the car. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, God, please keep your hand on me as I walk into this scary place and I don't want to die or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, that happens to everybody, right? And, uh, you know, just little things. Now, in the morning, I learned this from, from a family member a few years ago. Every morning when I go into my office, the first thing I do is I get on my hands and knees for like 30 seconds because I just don't, I don't, I don't have long prayers, and I try to, and I just say, thank you, Lord. I choose joy today. I've prayed for this work, Lord, that's making me crazy because I'm overworked, but I prayed, God, send me work to our business so I can take care of my family, and then I get to work, and I say, God, it's so hard, and I say, wait a second. I asked him for this. I thought the boat was going to be just nice and shiny. I didn't know there was responsibility and accountability, and when you ask God to give you joy and give you more, there's a little work involved. It takes growth. You gotta, remember we talked about becoming a diamond. It's just like you're not born a diamond. You're starting a piece of coal, and you're going to shape into a diamond through the process. So every morning, I, I, do, some, I do programming. It's, it's super nerdy. It's super mentally taxing. It's super robotic. It's basically anti-God is the way the, the, the programming world thinks. It's all predictable, logic-based. That's it. There's no question marks. And I pray and I say, thank you, Lord. Today's a great day. Thank you for my family. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for this church. Thank you for our ministry. Give me the strength, Lord. And I choose joy today, no matter how bad someone makes me angry in about an hour. I don't say that, but I think it. On Mondays, I choose joy. 
Do I feel it like I do on Sundays? No. But I choose it anyway because it's a choice. And when I choose it, it brings me back to how I felt on Sunday. It's a choice. You want the feeling? Make the choice. Spending time with people builds relationship. And it's the same with God. If you want to feel the relationship, you got to spend time with God. And prayer is how you do that. It's a marriage. It feels the least relevant because it's just like this thing. We, we, we speak something to someone we can't see. And I know it's like, it's like, is he really hearing my prayers? According to the Bible, he does. But we don't see it, so we kind of discredit it versus bigger, bigger, more carnal, monumental things that we can validate as more godly and impactful, like people coming to church is exciting. That motivates me. But I neglect that prayer, prayer may be more powerful than I just can't see it, and it's just me in my office, so why bother? That's my, that's my carnal way of thinking. But the Bible says pray without ceasing. That sounds kind of important. But I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a struggle, and if you don't form the habit, you're going to lose the joy with it got to make it a habit. Make it part of everything you do. When you pray, you allow God to be in the know on your situation. And joy is revealed through prayer. No matter what the situation, you got to make it stick. Make it stick. You got to make it stick like super glue. Anybody ever played with super glue when they were a kid? You know, you do the fingers and you're like, oh, now what do I do? Start tearing the skin off your fingers, and then someone says, oh, don't worry, we got nail polish. My mom's got nail polish, and you just rub your fingers in there, and whew, you're free. But you super glue it. You super glue it into a habit. It's part of your day. It's stuck to you. I remember uh, when we were building the same house, you know, I was trying to be proactive. I'm going to make it the best house it can be. And, you know, when you're building the house, they do, they do the foundation, and they do the, um, <clears throat> the flat work, and then they do the, 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 the lumber and the walls, and then they come in, they do insulation. And right, before insula- right after insulation, they're going to close it all up with the drywall. Well, there's gaps of light because, you know, they're just doing the status quote, but maybe they didn't insulate it as good as can be. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this spray foam, okay? Anybody ever use spray foam for construction? It's sticky. Anybody ever used it? You've used it? Well, don't get it all over your hand like I did, because it's not coming off, brother. It's going to be there for about a week, at least it, for me, because I was probably trying to pick it off. I lost most of my flesh. I'm, I'm going to spray this stuff in, in all the gaps of the insulation so there's no air, no air pockets for, the, for the, you know, the heating and air to get out of the house. I'm going to seal it. And it just got over my hand. It was stuck. And it was like permanent on my hand. I took a picture. I called my brother. What do I do? It's, it won't come off. He said, relax, man. Just get some like acid and it'll come off. Well, so will my hand. Thanks, bro. That's great. It came off. My hand healed. But that's, that's, how, that's the kind of bond you want with prayer. You want it to stick to you like, like super glue, like spray foam. You want it to be so sticky that you don't want it to come off even when you want to shake it off. You can't. It's stuck to you. It's part of you. Form good habits. Make it stick. Super glue it. We go to verse 18 through 22. In everything, give thanks. Everything. You mean like everything? Rejoice always. Prayer, pray without ceasing. That's always. Give thanks in everything. Oh, man. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Everything? But I was just saying, what, what do I have to be 
thankful for you for. It says it doesn't matter. Be thankful anyway because someone's got it worse than you, like the construction worker who's dying, who's on his last legs, and you think it's bad because the contractor messed up your walls and they got the height of the ceiling wrong, and you think your life is over and you're forgetting that you should be giving thanks because it could be worse. Amen? Do not quench the spirit. The spirit is your strength. And if you don't let the spirit in, throughout your strength it's your protein do not despise prophecies test all things hold fast what is good hold on to it abstain from every form of evil some forms forms that look evil forms that don't just feel evil no every form of evil abstain from it don't go near it Poison, contamination. I'm not going to always feel happy, feel spiritual, or feel good. But when I choose joy, it breeds gratefulness and it breeds thankfulness no matter what. I don't feel it 90% of the time, but I know in my heart that I choose it. It doesn't matter how I feel. I'm not worried about it. And the feelings then come for themselves because it's a choice. And God desires you live in joy no matter what. Always, without ceasing, in everything. But let's face it, there's sources that want to steal your joy. The devil works through people. I mean, he's not just hopping around with his, his tail and his pitchfork or whatever. You know, he, he works through people just like God and maybe your friends are being used. Maybe your job is bad for you. Maybe your atmosphere is bad for you. And he's going to use sources to distract you. And when you're not sure what abstaining from evil is, just say WWJD. Hey, it really works. What would Jesus do? It sounds corny, but it works. Would Jesus do that to himself? I don't know. Would Jesus go there? That's between you and God. God will tell you He'll give you the feeling, but you need the spirit to be able to sense the feeling. You want to stay clear of things that make you stumble. Abstain from every form of evil. You know you don't have to jump in a fire to get burned. We got a firefighter. Am I correct? You get close enough, it's going to burn you. You don't have to just go dive in, right? You get close enough, it gets hotter and hotter, and it starts consuming. A consuming fire like kind of sucks you in. That's what evil does. It sucks you in. You get close enough. It's like, it's like the candle analogy. I want to do it sometime in church, but I'll probably set off the sprinkler alarms, but I've always had this desire to do it in church. But you put something next to a candle, and you get it close enough, it's going to start burning. You don't have to stick your hand in it to start burning. Just get it so close. I'm going to step so close to sin. I'm going to get so close. I'm going to go where all the bad stuff's happening. I'm just not going to participate. It's called temptation, my friend. And when you deal with the devil and you're tempted by the devil, he's going to win. If you get close enough, he's going to suck you in like a consuming fire. That's what it says. Abstain from every form of evil. It, when in doubt, leave it out. If you think it might feel wrong, it's probably wrong. It's called God trying to give you wisdom to say, hey, this isn't what I want for you. W-W-J-D. We've got this fireplace at my house. It's a gas fireplace. And gas fireplaces have glass. 
or ours does. And that glass, when it first comes on in the morning, I turn it on every morning because I usually got like back pain or something. It's my old age. And I'm sitting there and it feels really good. And I read, I read Proverbs and I read Psalms every morning, like one verse, uh, one chapter each. And a couple minutes in, that glass starts getting kind of hot. And what felt really good at first, man, it was awesome. It starts burning my back skin off. And the next few minutes, if I put my hand on that thing, it's not coming off. It's going to be ripping my flesh off like molten lava because it's getting hotter. And what started off as something good just sucked me in like a consuming fire. So I turn it off and I go to my office. I just dabble with the heat. I'm kidding. We, can't, we had this fireplace six years. We just started using it because all my kids, I was afraid it was going to melt their face off. It gets so hot. that The glass is just like boiling hot. But that's what evil's like. You don't have to jump right in. That's just a side note. That's not even in the message. The devil wants you to steal your joy. He wants to steal your joy by derailing your walk. Prayer will get you there. Prayer will close the gap. Remember, Christ shed his blood for you personally. So choose joy. You didn't have to hang on a cross. You didn't have to have the nails put through your hands and, and the, the scourges, is that what they were? With the spikes on the end, it's like a whip with, a, with a, the ball on the end and the spikes hitting your back and you didn't have to hang on the cross for someone halfway across the world who didn't even, you didn't even know their name but they're out there. You didn't have to die for them like, like Jesus did with the nails and then you had the nails and your bones are pulling on the nails and I don't know if you ever want to feel the cross, go to a gym sometime and grab the, grab the, the pull-up bar and start hanging there and you feel your breath taken away. You know why? Because stretching your lungs and you can't breathe and then what happens they break the legs and the, the lungs fill up with fluid and he felt all that and he died for you so when you feel like your life's no good and you have no joy just remember you didn't have to hang on a cross that's pretty good that helps that helps me feel a little better it's a choice when we allow the spirit of God to move in our life we stay empowered without the spirit of the Lord we are weak and we will lose our joy. If you guys could stand to your feet with me. This week, tomorrow, you're going to go, oh, man, again? You're going to find that habit that's going to surface. That same person's going to irritate you. That same UPS uh, delivery driver. We won't say UPS. That's not politically correct. That same UPS driver who drives up the street and he's got his music blasting and, and the kid the kid drives too fast and he makes me angry and he just blows past me. That same kid's going to come again and, and I might have to call UPS again. But I'm going to choose joy anyway. This is hypothetical. It's hypothetical. And that smirk he gives you. It just, ooh, I forget I'm a pastor sometimes. I know I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. I love you, brother. God bless you. But inside, I'm going to grab him, boom, out of the truck. No, I just can't do that. I can't do that. That's not pastor life. I would, I, I would never do that. I would never do that. But I mean, that's just a hypothetical, that another way that someone could steal your joy. Choose joy in that moment. You got a long day at work, and you know someone's going to cut you off in traffic because they think doing 80 is going to fix the extra 10 seconds that saved them to get home while they killed 10 people on the road. I used to be that guy, by the way. Just let them go. We don't need to throw up the, oh, yeah, bleep. You don't need that. It doesn't do anything. Choose joy. I got the Lord, brother. The Lord is my strength, and I pray he touches you too, and you will find joy, and you will join me, my friend, and quit killing everybody on the road in Jesus' name. Choose joy. Dismiss it. 
You find yourself trying to feel better this week because something's got you down. You didn't get your way on something. You're down in the dumps. Remember all the little blessings you've got. You've got family. You've got people who love you. You've got shelter. You've got air conditioning. Amen in this humidity? Come on now. And Jesus died on the cross for you in the end. That's enough to have joy. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Touch with people, tell them, rejoice always. Always. Come on now. Rejoice always. Come on, let me hear you. Rejoice always. In everything, give thanks. Everything, give thanks. Everything, give thanks. Pray without ceasing. Pray no matter what. Keep praying. It's the formula for joy. If we could bow our heads, we're going to close. Lord Almighty, we are thankful. We are grateful. We are joyful to be in your house. And we are going to choose to take joy into tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and back on Sunday. And we're going to have joy always because we're choosing that for our life according to your word according to your purpose for us it's a choice and we choose to stick with you lord we are going to pray god no matter how bad it gets we're going to pray and know that you are holding our hand you are carrying us through the sand you're in the storm with us we are going to pray without ceasing lord we pray right now we give thanks in everything. We're going to thank you for the good times. We're going to thank you for the bad times because so many blessings come out of the bad times. I know that personally. We're going to thank you, Lord, because you're shaping us into a diamond on this joy ride to the sky. In Jesus' name, touch us as we go about our week. And everybody say amen.